Aloha, I'm Dustin Hakias. I'm the host of Healing with Aloha podcast located on the island of Kauai. Today's special guest is all the way from Canada. This is Shanda Soretti. Uh, she's a certified transformational coach supporting parents who feel stuck, disconnected, and unhappy in life to let go of the past so that they can feel happy, whole, and fulfilled. She has an entrepreneur spirit and is committed to personal growth, leadership, and empowering others to transform their lives. Her philosophy in life is that people are not broken. We are disconnected. Everyone has the choice between something different or remaining the same. With further ado, guys, this is Shanda. Hello, hello. It's such a pleasure to be here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, you know, thank goodness during, um, you know, all of this, I met you through Facebook. And so I wanted people to realize that you can be intentional in finding great people on here. Um, Shanda is, how I met her in a group. Can you explain to people a little bit about what, what you do and why are you so passionate about letting people know that they're not broken? Yeah, absolutely. So I know we have a, a specific amount of time, so I will keep it as sweet as I possibly can. Um, so what I do is I support predominantly parents uh, work through their past and work through their trauma so that they can really step into what it is that what they want to create for their future. And I'm so passionate about this because I have my own past, we all do, and I have been committed to creating the life that I want. And so through my own journey, I found my passion through what I do. And it's really helping other people shift the lens, shift their perspective on what's possible for them, right? I grew up thinking something was wrong with me, thinking that I was broken, thinking that this is what I had to deal with and I just had to figure it out. And I learned through lots of, work and effort and research and training that that's not true. So um, I like being able to kind of myth bust that for everybody and help them, you know, step into the, the next version of who they get to be. Yeah, I think um, I, I've heard it and you, maybe you can better explain it because you've done the study. Is it true that people like the way people like influence them at an early age? That, that becomes like their inner critic. And so it's important for us to hear, heal our inner child. Can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So there is a reason why inner child work is so popular because it's really effective. So between the years of infancy, as soon as we're born and before that even, up until about age five are our most crucial years for developing. We learn, you know, social cues. We learn things, things through our parents, through our guardians. And we essentially construct this lens of how we view the world, how we view ourselves and how we view others. So we create kind of like a profile of who we are in the world and how we fit into place. So whatever type of patterning we experience as children and infants is what we carry through our life. Okay. So that's why sometimes you might be like, wow, there's a pattern here. I keep getting in the same type of relationship, or I keep getting the same type of experience at work. Maybe I'm getting fired all the time, whatever that is for you. When you see those patterns, it's absolutely likely 
connected to something from childhood. So it really um, takes, first of all, compassion, vulnerability, and understanding to go back in, over your timeline and find out what that root is and where it comes from. That that's oh that that kind of spoke to me. Um, I think I noticed that not just me, but there's people that I keep coming across on social media. They feel like they keep attracting themselves to people who are unemotionally available. Mm. Like they're unavailable emotionally, and so that stems from how they're used to, um, like if they're involved in toxic relationships or if they were neglected, um, they're never taught to love themselves. Um, so it's more familiar to be around people who are like that than to be with, because it can almost feel scared. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't know about my listeners, but I used to get scared being around someone who loved me like a lot, like like really deeply loved me. I was like, whoa, like, is this real? And it was overwhelming. Yeah. And to me, my understanding of that is we, we recreate what we know, right? So no matter what the situation is, there's a way that we will recreate it to something familiar because when it's familiar, we almost, we feel like we have certainty. And that is one of the biggest things that human beings strive for or crave is this certainty, right? So we fear the unknown, which is why typically we don't step outside of our comfort zone and, you know, do some of the things we want to do, whatever that is for, for the individual person. Ooh. So, so how do people navigate, um, like, what is like a few steps you suggest so that they can explore what's making them go back into their comfort zone of like, if they're used to feeling unloved their whole Mm -hmm. life because they're caretakers or, you know, for some people I know, maybe they were um, adopted or maybe they're in the foster care system and whatnot. How, how, like, is there questions they can sit down and ask themselves? Cause I tell people lately, I've been saying, Hey, um, slow down. No, you think I'm joking. Like slow down, like really slow down long enough to ask yourself, are you happy? Mm. Because if you don't ask yourself that you'll just go through life on autopilot and not, not, realize you're truly not happy and it's okay you can make changes now I love what you're saying and what this is reminding me of is um okay I I've never been to one of these restaurants before but have you ever seen the restaurants where you sit at the table and the items actually come to you at the table and they go around like this little conveyor belt have you ever seen sushi (laughs) yeah okay so it's reminding me of this Our experience is that we sit here and we wait for things to come to us, right? uh, No, no, no. We we pick the things as they come when we can actually get up and go walk (laughs) over to what we want instead of waiting for it to come. Do you know what I mean? So we often tend to overlook our own individual power, right? So I love what you said about asking yourself, are you truly happy? That is huge because we get so wrapped up in this like busyness of, I got to do this. I got to do this doing, 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 doing right. That sometimes we, that's how we identify. We start to identify with the things we do, but the things we do don't make us, you know, necessarily the person we want to be. So, so what are some of the things that you can shift, right? Stop doing so much. First of all, step back, like you said, and get super honest I've had many experiences in my life where I had to be super honest with myself 
And I didn't always like my answers. I didn't always like what I heard come up, but that's where the work starts is being honest and being vulnerable with yourself so that you can actually get to the answers and, and listen to your intuition. Yeah. And sometimes we weren't even given permission to, to feel, uh, a lot of times, um, we've had people tell us that certain emotions and feelings were negative. And so to sit down and ask yourself, like, am I really happy? It's like, when you're growing up, you weren't even given the permission to be happy. And then when you're upset, because there was a legit reason to be upset in your family, at school, at work, you were uh, corrected or you were scolded or you, you, you were told that you shouldn't feel angry, you shouldn't feel sad. And so you were controlled to believe that certain emotions and feelings are negative. And so I think it's, it's real crucial to ask yourself that because now we're adults. Right. Maybe as children, we weren't given permission to feel and to say, hey, this is wrong. Like it genuinely isn't wrong. And then now we're adults to give ourselves permission to, to do it. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge because what you said was that, and it's true. Okay, so two things here. First of all, it is my belief that every parent does the best job that they can with what they have. So every parent, there's no exceptions, right? Sometimes it doesn't look how we think it should, or it doesn't feel the way that we think it should, but they do the best with what they have. That being said, as parents, as guardians, as, as you know, influencers on children, often we, we suppress, right? We suppress emotion and we say, that's not acceptable. You shouldn't feel like that. You shouldn't be acting like that. When it's like what we should be saying or could be saying instead is, why are you feeling that way? Not you should or shouldn't feel this way, but why do you like starting to actually peel back the layers to understand what's going on? Because our emotions, no matter what they look like, if it's happiness, if it's frustration, anger, sadness, joy, they're trying to communicate with us, mm. right? So whenever you feel an emotion, it's kind of like a checkpoint. Okay, I'm feeling happy. Great. What I'm doing is in alignment with where I want to go or where I want to be. If I'm not, pause, what's happening? What's out of alignment, right? I, you know, I love it because I never thought of it that way, that it's a signal mm. to stop and, and yeah. to analyze it. Yeah. Not in a bad way, but in a, in like, okay, so what is causing this? Yeah, curiosity, so right? Always always view whatever's happening from a place of curiosity, not judgment, right? We want to lovingly support ourselves. I, I, okay. I, I was thinking, cause like you said, like people do the best they, they can. And, and then in some situations, um, you know, if it's violence and whatnot, I don't think that was the best they could, you know what I mean? Um, and, and when you involve addictions and alcohol and whatnot, you know, people have a hard time processing their lives if they're dealing with their own addictions and whatnot and then to raise someone right um what I was gonna say regarding that is um sometimes people are overwhelmed um and deregulated emotionally psychologically as an adult as a parent that they don't have the uh, emotional and mental capacity to to hold space for their child and I'm not saying it's right like when I look back I've had to look back with a compassionate lens yeah. and I've had heart-to-heart -heart talks with both my parents separately mm -hmm. 
and it involved a lot of tears, uh, but it did involve a lot of reconciliation too. 100%. 100%. Compassion is the key to unraveling all of the pain that we have. Compassion for ourselves and also compassion for other people because healthy, happy people have a certain behavior about them. Hmm. And unhappy and unhealthy people also have behaviors about them. And it's not to anybody's fault. If you can think of like, think, if, okay, so if we look at like an, a, 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 a parent-child relationship that's abusive, it's likely that's what the parent knows from their history and it was not healed. So they're uh, passing that down, right? That's that generational trauma. Uh, it does not make it okay. It doesn't condone what they've done. But for my personal experience, it wasn't until I developed compassion for my past that I was actually able to take leaps and bounds into my healing. And I truly mean that. I did the work. I was progressing. Things were getting better. But it was like a light switch went on the moment compassion flooded me. And, I, and it, was, it wasn't even... It wasn't even something that I intentionally did. It just, the light switch went on and it was like, I was ready to receive and open up to something different, right? Yes. I, was, I was open to whatever it was that wanted to serve me in that space. And it was emotional, like you said, but impactful and so profound. Yeah, I, I agree. Like they say hurt people hurt others, but people who are healing will heal others, whether it's intentional, unintentional your energy will flow freely to people. Like when you have that love, you have that light, uh, that peace about you, that joy, it, it, it affects people in your family, the community, and wherever you show up, whether it's on social media and whatnot, you're right. There's a different energy that comes into play when you're healing. And healing is an ongoing process. It's not like this quick fix. No, it's not linear. And regardless, whether we're choosing to heal or choosing to remain the same because it is a choice. I know that might be a little, um, there might be some resistance around that and I totally get it and, and I appreciate that. Um, but we're either choosing to heal or we're choosing to remain the same and our energy, regardless of our choice, is affecting the people around us, whether it's in a supportive, maybe inspirational, uplifting way or whether it's the opposite of that, right? Because everything is energy and everything is energy. So we're all rubbing up against each other and passing the energy around. So, so the question then begins, you know, that I would ask is what type of impact do you want to create in your life and in the people around you? Like what kind of impact do you want to have on this world? Because we actually all get to have an impact, right? I agree. Which is so beautiful and so powerful. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, one of the things, I don't know, we're both parents. I, I told myself, I don't know how long we have to live. But personally, I want to leave the world better than when I came in and hope that my son would have hope for tomorrow. And, and that's why when I was pregnant, my sister, my older sister, I was like, you need to go get therapy, you know, because she said, whatever you've never dealt with in the past is going to pop up when you become parent and then at that point um my my old, my younger sister had died and I was still grieving and you know there's still that part of me that was hurting 
and then I got diagnosed with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and uh, I thought I was going for therapy for grief but it was actually 19 years of childhood trauma and uh, it was hard uh, it was like the hardest thing to process but I like the healed version of me than the virgin that was so guarded like I don't trust nobody you know and then when my sister died it was like oh my gosh like you don't want to give yourself to people fully because you fear what if they die and you just have all these things and stuff but it was um becoming a mom that made me want to heal because I wanted to be whole to him you know and I wasn't like 100% whole when he was born but <clears throat> I was able to let joy back into my life because I, I felt so angry that my sister died and it was tragically and I couldn't fix it and stuff. And so all I can say is like, it, it is so worth it to, to get help and baby steps, baby steps. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. First of all, um, Deslin, I just want to acknowledge for your courage and your bravery and, you know, your vulnerability in, first of all, going through your own healing journey, right? Because like you said, it's not an easy process. There are times where you're like, oh my gosh, why am I doing this? Yes. But every single step you take, you get closer and closer to feeling what life is all about, you know, that freedom, love and expansiveness. And in my experience and my understanding with my clients is that when we are in our trauma, when we're living in our past, has so much impact on our daily lives and our future, but we're, we're still suppressing ourselves, right? We're still suppressing our emotion. And if you think of like a pendulum swinging, the center being like, um, like neutral and then yeah. one side being like joy and the other one being, um, um, like pain. Okay. Yes. So if you're only willing to experience a little bit of joy, or if you're only willing to experience a little bit of pain, it, you can only experience the same amount on the other side, I right? Agree. So the more we're, we're going to open up to feeling our feelings, the more we get to experience the other side of it too. So it's like, it's kind of like the double-sided coin, you know, one comes with the other. So if you work on the anger and you, and you can figure out where it comes from, you can start to heal that you're going to experience a higher capacity of joy. I agree. Or, or gratitude, right? Whatever the opposite would be that you're lacking or lacking, right? Yeah. No, and and it, it's beautiful. Yeah. It, it's it's so beautiful. I I I I tell people like it's possible to heal. Uh it it, it does take work, but like initially it's gonna be hard work, you know, but the the effects on how you see yourself, like the compassion. I think a lot of it is learning how to have self-compassion. What the heck is self-compassion? I know what the word compassion means, but when you put the word self, it was like, I don't understand that because, you know, depending what cultural um, upbringing, a lot of it is like, you know, you put your family first, you put your kids first, your spouse first. And then it's like, you almost feel like a doormat. Whereas it's like, no, when you have self-compassion, you, you listen and pay attention to your body and you, you question okay I'm not feeling good about this situation why and it's okay to say no and it's okay to set boundaries what the heck is boundaries we 
if you never were taught that at a young age, you, you can be a people pleaser your whole life and burn out, but not know that's what it is. You're burnt out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that because, you know, I could say, I would even say close to a hundred percent, but a lot of my clients are people pleasers. Right. And with that comes so many other things, anxiety, um, the need to control, which you would never think that those things are in the same package, but they are, they all come together. Um, and the way that I like to look at this type of journey is that it's you, if you can chunk it down, first of all, anything, any goal, anything that you want to achieve or get or have, if you chunk things down, it's digestible. So if you think of it like this, this is what works for me. Um, I wake up every single day and I recommit to doing this all over again. Every day you wake up and, and if you have a slip up, because something's going to happen somewhere, we're not perfect. We're humans. Hello. (laughs) So when life happens and you get derailed or you have an outburst or whatever it is, it's okay. And recommit new moment, go, you know what I mean? We put so much pressure. Like once we get on the journey of being so perfect, and like you said, climbing, 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 here we go, here we go. And we don't ever expect to like slow down or fall off. (laughs) Those things are going to (laughs) happen. You do, you a hundred, like face down, you will fall (laughs) and it's okay. You just, there's a saying about, it's not how many times you fall. It's about how many times you're willing to get back up. Right. (laughs) So just keep going is my advice. (laughs) You know, I mean, the falling down is part of life. I, I try to like look at it like riding a bike or a child. When a child is learning how to walk, they have no idea what the word failure is because all they know is they want to walk. And then we become adults and we're like, we're just trying so hard to not fall down, whether it's personally, professionally, academically. We're like, no, 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 no. I'm supposed to like do well all the time. And it's just, it's just, unrealistic expectations imposed upon us I believe and giving yourself permission to to not care it's it's a beautiful thing you know like you can yeah. show up in spaces and be like I, I re- I'm just gonna do what makes me happy and if you don't agree with me I'm okay yeah yeah and but that sounds like healing <laughs> to me yeah. that's what I think and, and knowing, really, really knowing in your, the core of your being that we're not going to get along with everybody. We're not going to please everybody. It does not matter who you are, what you do, how hard you try. It's impossible. That's just not the way life is. So be willing to take imperfect action or live an imperfect life. Because honestly, I know we hear these things all the time, but that is where the beauty is. It is, it's in there. And I have this, this belief that we're always, we're, sorry, we're either winning or we're learning, right? Nice. So if you're not achieving the things you want to achieve, what are you learning from that experience? That's it. There's no failing. There's no losing, right? There's just winning. Well, I feel like that's, that's learning. That's it. No, that's so funny though, because I feel like maybe that's where it is like when you're young and you do sports right it's like your team wins or you lose or like if you are um what there's okay so competitiveness or when you oh you got your grades 
like it's it's like that it's you win or you lose and so I think like what you said it's learning but it does that's not something we're taught at a young age and I think it's responsibility of our our the people who who caretake us to teach us that yeah Yeah, have grace on yourself and it's okay like it is okay did you do your best yes okay that's okay if you got a b or c if you did your best and you learned that's all that matters yeah. But sometimes like what? you didn't get an A. What happened? How come you didn't get an A? What's wrong? You know, and then 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 the person feels pressure to perform all the time, and they don't know how to turn it off. Mm-hmm. And then actually, as well, going back to kind of the the stemming from childhood trauma, that interaction with your guardian or your parent of putting the pressure on you to always be spot on and have the A's and win all the games that turns into a pattern that you carry through your life. And then they might not be doing it to you anymore, doing it to you. You might not be having that experience with your parents. Um, but you then take that role on and you treat yourself that way. That inner critic that you were talking about way at the beginning of the conversation, bingo, there it is. Right. Yeah. And I feel that we have a hard time disappointing people because if we're conditioned to people pleasing the, the main people who influence us in the beginning of our lives, we try to do that in um, our marriage, our, our dating relationships, our teachers, our coaches, our everybody, people pleasing. And, and we can't. And then when people stop um, engaging with us in our relationships, we take it personal, but it's just, there's a season. Somebody told me, I'm like, I don't get it. Like there's a season there's certain relationship there's a season they weren't meant to be with you forever but then it hurts you know because you're like but why I I genuinely care and I love them I did everything you know but it's I think it it comes down to that again like if you grew up with trauma then you have abandonment issues you know Um, but knowing that it's okay to disappoint people and if people don't want to have a relationship whether it's family or friends you can still love yourself even if they can't love you That's exactly what I was just going to say. The most important relationship you're ever going to have is with yourself. You, you're, it's like, it's like your responsibility to have the best relationship with yourself, because when you're able to have that experience and it's not going to happen overnight, it definitely takes that effort, that commitment, it takes all the things. But when you start to have that experience with yourself, literally everything else around you shifts to meet that right so all of a sudden where you lacked boundaries you have very strong boundaries where you maybe weren't sure what your values or your morals were now you know and there are hard lines that you're not willing to cross anymore and not allow other people to cross either right so it's all about kind of like you said about self it's all the selves, self-love, self-acceptance, self-appreciation, self-acknowledgement, self-everything, all the selves, confidence, all the things. That's what this work leads you to, right? Is that unconditional love for yourself because we cannot give other people what we are not willing to give ourselves. Exactly. It's impossible. If we don't know how to do it for us, we do not know how to do it for other people. And I like this even more because this is a little bit more like, okay, I understand that. If I don't know how to love me, how am I going to tell you how to love me, right? Because right. We, all, we all have these different, like the love languages, for example. My love languages probably aren't the same as yours. But if I don't know my type of communication, how am I going to 
ask you to like meet me here if I don't know where here is. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, no. And and sometimes depending who they're not capable to love you the way you 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 feel you need to be loved. You know, like your your style of love and communication, that person can't reciprocate it. Like I learned my son and I are like night and day, you know, and I'm a hugger but he's not. And so I have to learn to accept that. When he was little, he was a hugger. When he's older, he's not. So I'll be like, okay, have a great day. Tap, tap the arm. I love you. Have a great day. And, and he, he appreciates that because it's respectful. Yeah. Yeah. And instead of feeling like, give me a hug. He does like, and so like meeting people where they're at and understanding that some people can't do that for you. Yeah. And oh, it's yeah. not that it's not lovable. You're, no. <laughs> that's their style. And note that if we feel like, ooh, well, I, you know, they're not meeting me where I want them to. That's a, that's a flag. That's some information of something's not healed there. Because when we can stand in unconditional love for ourselves, we know how to handle the situation. It's just a knowing, right? So other people, we understand that, Listen, even though something sucks sometimes, experiences suck, and you're like, I wish that didn't happen, you, you're okay because it doesn't affect you, right? Yeah. Other people, believe it or not, other people cannot determine how you feel. We do that. But are we allowing other people to run us or are we standing in charge of our own being, our own self? Yeah, and, and, and that can be scary. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure it is. Sure it is. Because if we've never done it, it's like, well, how do I start? And it was it's like what hard. you said. Yeah. It's just those little tiny things, right? I have this 1% rule. You guys might've heard it before, but it's 1% every day. That's it. 1% every day. Just keep chipping away at it. Um, the most powerful thing I learned during the pandemic is no. Yeah. And that it's a complete sentence. Yeah. Period. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, that, and it's empowering because we don't often feel we have the right to say it. Mm. But we do. If we don't feel uh, okay with what people are saying or doing professionally or personally, it's okay to say no. And if they get disappointed and upset, we don't have... It's not our responsibility to fix it or to make them feel better but it's like oh it's not always taught mm. you know no it's okay tell them no what no but they're gonna get mad at me like I can hear myself sometimes say no they're gonna get upset right yeah you know and and it's that inner critic telling you like no you're gonna ruin that relationship well the relationship was legit if it was a real relationship they would respect you yeah feel okay yeah some, a, a, a thing that I always keep in my mind is when I'm, when I'm in a situation like that, where I might be struggling with trying to people please, right. That inner battle, that tug of war, either do I people please, or do I stand up for what is right? Like my values is I, I just, I always think this be the person today that you'll be proud of tomorrow. So tomorrow ah, yeah, I love you it. look back on this experience. Are you going to be like, yes, I'm proud of myself because that's what it's about. It's not about being selfish. It's not about any of that, but it's about honoring your, it's about honoring yourself 
and loving yourself and making your decisions based on that. That can you see that again? That phrase. <laughs> Sorry, that was a good one. The 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 thing that I say to myself. Yeah. So it's about um, being the person today that you'll be proud of tomorrow. I, I love that. I never heard of that before. That's yeah. Cool. I just find it so powerful because especially when we are dealing with our past trauma and I have been there and it still likes to rear its ugly head, then that's just life. But um, when we're there, sometimes we get into reaction. We're reacting. We're not making a conscious choice. Hmm. So when we notice that we're reacting to something that wasn't necessarily a choice, for example, your child's throwing a fit and you start yelling. Did you really, is that how you wanted to act or was it a reaction? Likely it was a reaction, right? Yes. So, and even if you catch yourself, it's all about, it's all about starting somewhere. So in the beginning, it'll have happened and you'll be on the other side of it, kind of feeling poopy. And yes. that's okay. You still get to have love and compassion for yourself and be like, okay, I just freaked out. Why? What? Not because my child threw a fit. That was what we think it is, but what's under that? Did it make uh, me feel a certain way? What was it? And then you can start to work backwards. And then once you keep going with the work, maybe you'll get to a point where you'll be in the moment. You'll be yelling and all of a sudden you're going to be like, mm -mm, that's not okay. You're going to, you're going to correct it. You're going to, you're going to redirect yourself and correct it. And then you'll get to the point where you're like, I'm triggered. Wait a minute. You'll step back and you'll again, self-correct. And then, yeah. then it'll come a thing where you're like, I don't even react to that anymore. That, because it's not about my child throwing a fit. It was something else that I healed. Yes. No, thank you. I'm glad you went there. Cause I was like, yeah, I can talk to this woman forever <laughs> yeah. about that part about parenting and how we get triggered and we think it's them, but it's really us that there's our, our emotions, our feelings and whatnot. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and they just think it's so um, not weird, but they're, they're surprised. Mm -hmm. um, I don't yell at my son. Mm -hmm. And I, I, when he was younger, so I got divorced uh, when he was two and a half. Well, I got separated when he was two and a half, the divorce finalized before he hit three. And so I would parent him a certain way. And then there was this really crucial moment when he was, I don't know, like three or four. And um, I, I, um, I spanked him um, like on his butt. I forgot. It was like this one incident, but he was crying. And I looked at him. He looked so scared. And I kneeled down and I looked at him and I said, no matter what you do, even if mommy's angered you, I'll always love you. And then after that moment, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to shift gears. But I feel that I was trying to parent him what was familiar. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I had to um, shift it because I didn't like being yelled at. Mm -hmm. Like, talk to me, give me even a chance. Um, but I didn't always have that chance. You know, I got hit. It wasn't even like a spanking. It was like, you know, not, not like both parents but um so I I had to to ask myself like do you did you like being yelled at 
I hated it. And so I had to learn to communicate with him without yelling at him. And then I learned that my lectures had to lessen. So now I can talk to him for like five, 10 minutes on an important topic without killing him softly with a lecture because mm -hmm. I respect him and his intellect. And so it, it's just funny because my friends are like, I can't believe you don't yell at him. I go, I just didn't like it. So why am I gonna impose upon him something I don't like? And he's a respectful person. But that, that bond, I had to teach him at a young age because I knew he was going to be tall. He's like six feet and five one. And, and I was like, okay, I got to teach him now <laughs> when he's young. But I, I, I truly believe that 1%, 1%, 1%. Like, don't be hard on yourself. It, it, I, I took time to get there. Yeah. And what you just said about what you taught your son, I, he's my son, seven and a half. He'll be eight in May. And that is a continuous thing out of my mouth. No matter what happens, I love you, right? No matter what. So even if, you know, you, you had a certain behavior that I need to help you manage and course correct, I still love you, right? Even if I am, because I'm, I'm like, my job, my responsibility is to love you and to teach you, right? And he's mm -hmm. just little, but I always want him to understand, listen, even if you did something that isn't quote unquote acceptable to whatever standard school, home, whatever it is, right? We do have, we do have guidelines and guideposts we have to follow. I don't like using like expectations, but there are, we, you know, so I always come back to listen, like, you know, I love you, right? Even if mommy is upset or I don't approve with your action, I still love you anyway. And I always make sure you understand that. So I think that's such a beautiful thing that you've done with your son too over the years, because that's what it's about. Our children need to understand that they are unconditionally loved and that their behavior isn't what dictates how much love they're allowed to receive. Because that's, that is, that's what happens to us with our trauma, right? Yes. It's like, it's like we were poured into depending on the situation or we were love with was withdrawn in certain situations. Oh, right? yeah. And love isn't one of those things where you're either worthy or you're not worthy. We're all born innately worthy to love for safety and for belonging. And people cannot take that away from you. Right. Those are those are birthrights. So anyway, I digress. But um, I just think it's so beautiful that you, you did that with your son too. You shared that. Well, thank you for sharing that though, but it's innate for us and we're worthy of being loved. And I agree. I think we're all predestined. Our existence matters and that we are just a beautiful blessing. Like I fell in love with my son before he was even born. Yeah. You know? And I, I told him that there's nothing you could do that would make me love you more. I already love you. Mm -hmm. So if you decide to go to college, you don't have to. But if you go, if you change your mind at any time, you can change your mind. I, we, the dad and I and his stepmom, we just want him to be happy. And I don't think that's always been the message for a lot of us. Like most of my listeners who are listeners, I don't know if we were ever told that, but it's true that it's, it's important for us to just make ourselves happy and but but knowing we will go through hard times and we will go through suffering but at the end of the day we control um making many decisions to lead up to the life we want 
yeah. whether people like it or not, this is our lives. Right. Yeah. yeah. I um, that. I I I could kidnap you and <laughs> I can live in Hawaii. <laughs> so this is like a real beach by my house um on my island. Oh, I love it. I love it. I um, would show you my outdoors, although it, it would have the white, oh. but not that type of white. <laughs> different. A little different kind of white. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm so glad to have friends that are in Canada and on the East Coast because they remind me that snow is still happening and to never complain to be in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, people want to go where you are. It's like, do people really, I was just talking about this with my partner yesterday. I'm like, I find it so interesting when people who live in a tropical place or warm climate move to Canada or anywhere cold. Cause you know, everybody else wants to go where it's hot, right? Or yes. but, now, that being said, I love where I live. I get to experience all four seasons and I, I do truly love it. Some days, like a few days ago, it was minus 45 degrees Celsius, which is freezing cold. I was like, well, maybe I could have, you know, taken a week away from here, but I do love where I live. I'm blessed <laughs> to experience all the weather and all the things. <laughs> right. Uh, there's a lot of Canadians that come to my island. Um, we call them snowbirds, but yeah. We have timeshare and they come here regularly. <laughs> nice. I love it. I love it. So what is the best way for people to connect with you? And then yeah. as I'm far, far away, um, can you let them know uh, what kind of stuff you do offer, um, you know, throughout the year, it's not, you know, for virtual, for people who are interested in getting to know you and, you know, if you offer virtual events also. Yeah. So I can share the links with you if you have a place where you can post them, but um, I have uh, social media. So Facebook is my platform. You can find my personal profile and just come and I post things most days. Um, I also have a private group. So for people who really want to kind of start getting into the thick of things and learning a little bit more, I would invite you to come there. It's called The Nest, but I'll share the links um, with you and you can post them somewhere. And then um, throughout the year, actually, I'm really excited for this year. I just did an event in January and it was amazing. And I'm doing another one in March. It's a four day experience and I'm not even going to get into what we learned, but it's, it's all around, um, rising above your past. That's what it's called. It was an amazing event. And I would love to have anybody who wants to come, who feels called to partake in that, to come join. And next week, because it's the week of love, right? <laughs> I am, I am focusing on self-love. So if you guys want to reach out, then you can um, reach out and it'll be, this isn't going to be a live event. This is going to be um, rolling out through email. So it's going to be a week of email engagement to kind of help you, whether it's start or cross the starting line, right. To your journey or to keep going. Right. So, um, I, I'm always doing lots of things. So come find me on social media, send me a DM, whatever you need to do to get in, in contact with me. And I would just love to meet you and let me know where you're coming from. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're coming hot from Hawaii. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and we're well, coming like an ice cube from Canada. <laughs> well, Shonda, thank you so much um, for, for this lovely conversation. Um, I learned so much and I'm thankful that you do what you do because there's people who need to be reminded that we're not broken Mm. uh, and that we can reconnect and loving ourselves. And by healing ourselves, we can live life to the fullest in, in loving others. You know, we don't have to continue feeling like, ah, I'm just here. 
yeah. but like I'm here, I'm alive. I'm so grateful for every day. Yeah. We get to be excited about our life, right? That's what I want. And you know, if you take nothing else away from this whole amazing conversation, take away that you're not alone, right? Nobody is alone. And so find your people, no matter what that is, find your people. And yeah. thank you. Sometimes your people are online. Like I found her a group, a group. Yeah. So, so don't, don't ignore being on this, whatever platforms you're on, there's real people behind their social media and whatnot. And so, yeah, see, this is exactly- right here. I'm a real person. I answer my messages. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't already, um, subscribe to the Healing with Aloha podcast. And thank you so much, Shanda. Stay here with me and aloha, everyone. Have a great day.